Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello and welcome to episode 48, 10 Ways to Overcome the Effects of Childhood Neglect. And I know I might have lost people already in the title, but childhood neglect is a very, very common phenomenon, and so many people don't recognize it. As a trauma therapist working with hundreds of clients, there is so much to learn about childhood emotional neglect. Um, There are so many levels of emotional neglect. The bottom line is that no matter how great our parents are, our caregivers were, uh, they certainly cannot have met all of our emotional needs. That being said, there's obviously different grades of how much they didn't meet our emotional needs, whether there was an emotional abandonment, emotional neglect, or whether there was actual active abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, um, active, violent abuse. Um, and, and abuse doesn't necessarily only mean directed towards a child. It could be just something going on in the house if uh, one of the parents was an addict or both the parents were an addict or if one of the parents had a emotional or psychological or personality disorder. That is something that certainly causes a tremendous amount of trauma in a child's life. And so let's first just go through a few things before we talk about the 10 ways to overcome it. I'm also going to be talking about some of the impacts of it. And I want you to listen not with an ear to say, oh, I know so many people that you're describing and this is wrong with them and that's wrong with them and you're right. But just listening to your own inner self and your own inner experiences, what you've had in your childhood, because this could be one of the most therapeutic and helpful things for you. So let's first define it. So... Um, childhood neglect is just defined simply as um, your needs not being met by your caregivers for whatever reason, and that caused you to react. And we'll talk about exactly how how you reacted, because everyone reacted in different ways, but there's a number of general categories. My big disclaimer here is that I'm not trying to convince you that you're traumatized or that something happened to you that you don't remember or don't want to remember. I also understand that a lot of people do repress these memories or do feel a strong bond to their parents. Of course, why shouldn't they? Um, and a certain alliance and a certain sense of rebellion and betrayal if they were to think about these things. And I want to challenge you that these things impact your everyday life if they are there. Um, they impact your relationships, your intimate relationships, and uh, even your friendships. But most importantly, they impact uh, your intimate relationships with a spouse because uh, there's going to be um, a lot of uh, sometimes repetitious um, cycles there, uh, whether uh, because of you, because of them, or because of both, um, which is often the case. Uh, this impacts your parenting style. This impacts so many things in your life. So let's just give it some thought and see what's going on here. So number one is overcoming feelings of emptiness. When a person lived in a uh, negative environment, uh, their needs were not being met they were constantly getting a message from their parents or frequently getting a message that you're not important and your needs don't matter. They're not important because they were actively told that. They're not important because they were indirectly told that. They're not important because the parents are too busy fighting or dealing with their own problems to be able to um, address your, your needs. But the bottom line is that to take care of that emptiness, you need to find your core essence of who you are and be able to define yourself as the worthwhile uh, person that you are, deserving of love and respect irrespective of how your parents treated you or acted towards you. That was their problem, not your problem. Um, the second thing is called counterdependence. So uh, codependence is when you rely on other people. But counterdependence is when you have a very strong attitude of, I don't need anyone. 
Um, and I see this very, very often in traumatized people because they've kind of committed to themselves. They'll never need anyone again, so that they won't ever be uh, vulnerable that way again. But the problem is that they end up pushing away the people that they need and the people that they uh, would be able to have interdependent, healthy relationships with. And they become so, quote unquote, adverse to codependency, while yet it still, ironically, usually they're still highly codependent, uh, which might be why they're still so dysfunctional and pushing it away. Uh, and obviously, I'm describing the extremes. There's levels in between. Um, but the counterdependence is kind of this attitude of, I don't need anybody else. The irony is that even in healthy connections where interdependency would be called for, uh, like in intimate relationships or even family relationships, they push that away. But it's all because of this claim of, I need to help myself. And so one of the big things that I'm going to say repeatedly is that the more aware you are of these things, of these blind spots, of these pitfalls, the more you could actually deal with them. Number three is dealing with unrealistic self-appraisal. Um, and before I go any further, I want to recommend a book, uh, which much of this is based on. It's called Running on Empty by Jonas Webb. Uh, she's a psychologist, and um, it's all about overcoming your childhood emotional neglect. And she's really very groundbreaking in bringing this to the attention of the public. She's, she has two books. Uh, one of them is um, Running on Empty, and the other one, I, I believe, is Overcoming uh, That Feature in Relationships. And uh, they both have similar titles. You could look it up, I'm sure, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble's. Um, and so much of this comes from her research um, going through 10 major problems that she has found in her clients, and they're all very, very well put. So dealing with unrealistic self-appraisal, sometimes in the positive, sometimes in the negative, when we have uh, negative experiences with our parental units, uh, there's a tremendous amount of uh, self-judgment and looking at yourself in negative, unrealistic ways as if you need to be this great, greater person than what you are or as if you um, can't be anyone um, anyone worthwhile, etc. Number four, dealing, giving yourself compassion and um, sharing with others that passion, compassion as well. Uh, we learn to be critical of ourselves. We learn to be hurtful of ourselves. Uh, we learn that we have no needs because we need to serve the family, um, and that is not the case. And then once we start taking care of ourselves, we'll be able to share with other people as well, which is just something that gets blocked in traumatized people. Number five is dealing with the guilt and shame of, of the perpetual question of what's wrong with me. There's so much guilt and shame. Am I hurting my family? What What is up with my family of origin? What have I been through? Who am I? What am I? And really just getting to know who you are, what you are, and learning your core essence of who you are is just so important for the recovery process. Number five, number six is self-directed anger, self-blame. And um, this is a huge one. I, I, I don't just say that it, it, it's recognizing self-anger. Um, although I believe that's the source of all anger, but it's also recognizing the anger that you carry around towards the world. Um, you became a feisty individual. You became a very angry, rageful individual, and there's just so much rage to try to protect you that it ends up backfiring and pushing people away from you. Um, and for some, some of the cases are just so extreme that even if someone explains this to them respectfully and carefully and, and gently, uh, they just simply cannot see it. They, they just see their <clears throat> rage as so justified and so apparent. And uh, I'm going to have a future segment, uh, I believe next week, that when I talk about projection and uh, how damaging it is, especially in, in, in trauma cases. Um, there's just so much here, so much content. Okay, so the anger thing, <clears throat> for me, I see that as one of the most destructive things in, in all relationships. Number seven is what she calls uh, the fatal flaw. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. Um, just low self-esteem and low self-worth. And again, just being aware of that negative voice that's inside and recognizing that it comes from a abusive childhood, there's so much that we could do about this. 
Uh, number eight is uh, dealing with the difficulties of nurturing yourself and others. Remember, attachment theory says that we learn attachment from our parents, our attachment uh, models, role models, and figures. Uh, well, what if they cannot um, be healthy people and um, be there for us? Well, um, this causes a dynamic where we learn we don't learn how to connect with other people, and it's one of the most damaging parts of uh, the um, traumatized individual. And learning how to be nurturing to ourselves and to others will help bridge those gaps. And having a good, skilled th uh, therapist who is not codependent and not overly dependent, but is uh, fostering your independence could be so powerful. And I've seen this really change people's lives. Uh, number eight is poor self-discipline. And this is really a, a euphemism for all types of addiction issues. Uh, people that have traumatic childhoods have developed maladaptive coping skills, whether drugs, alcohol, uh, internet addictions, and all different types of things, ways that they like to alleviate their pain and suffering. And there's just so much there. Um, they don't know how to uh, do things in moderation. They don't know how to control themselves. They don't know uh, when enough is enough. Um, they're either fighting their uh, their intense childhood where everything was no, and so they've developed this permissive, yes, I could do it, or they're in so much pain they don't know any other way to get rid of it. And then distraction, which is what most addictions are, uh, like I said, drugs, alcohol. Uh, we see a tremendous amount of drugs and alcohol. Uh, Vic, uh, uh, Bessel van der Kolk in The Body Keeps the Score argues very uh, convincingly that in most of the cases of drug and alcohol abuse, there, there, there was some physical abuse as well that caused that. Um, I've seen people that are, that, uh, you know, are chain smokers in order to deal with the, their pain. I've seen people that have... Uh, Pornography addictions. I've seen people that have gambling addictions. Uh, money is a is a huge way of people uh, dealing with their stressors, and uh, one should seek help if they have any of these issues because uh, they're certainly really important, and uh, there are great people that could help if you are motivated and willing to uh, deal with that. So that poor self discipline is just growing up in a dysfunctional home and never learning how to discipline yourself, and learning how to do that and teaching yourself how to be a self parent is so important. Um, number ten, she calls it. Uh, the, the medical term, it, which we know it as, is elixtymia, which is poor awareness and understanding of emotion. Um, and that's really an extreme. But the bottom line is that there are people that, unfortunately, because of their childhood trauma, just uh, are, are so out of whack um, and their brain is so triggered and so uh, in the post-traumatic stress disorder mode or uh, sometimes in the complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, that it is very difficult for them to function. All these things are highly treatable. And there's a lot that can be done that could better people's lives. If you or a loved one have any of these issues or feel like things are out of hand, I recommend that you reach out to someone that specializes in uh, childhood uh, issues. There's a great book by Pete Walker all about complex PTSD. Um, I think that it's very stigmatizing to talk about people um, in the sense of them having disorders. I know that uh, if you're dealing with a loved one that has an issue that they refuse to get help with, it sometimes could be helpful to identify what it is uh, so that there's a common language uh, among the caregivers or other people. Um, and these things certainly do exist. We see them all the time. Um, at the same time, uh, it's usually not very helpful to confront the person directly with these things. But uh, sensitivity must be um, exercised in dealing with all of these issues. And uh, when seeking therapy, make sure that uh, you work with someone who is experienced uh, in in working with trauma if you're going to deal with these things because they are very sensitive and they touch on every attachment button that you have inside you. I hope this was helpful. And once again, it's a tip of an iceberg of a, a huge topic of that's been neglected, literally, no pun intended, of emotional child 
childhood uh, emotional neglect. And um, there are some great authors out there that have really helped bring it to a light, whether Bessel van der Kolk, as I mentioned, or the book um, Running on Empty and just understanding how childhood impacts people. But the bottom line is that take control of your life, take responsibility, and know that with good work, you certainly can move forward and have a healthy and happy life. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.